Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Let's go ahead and get into the last. We're wrapping up the Playing in the Rain series today. And we've simply called this one uh, the Kingdom of Love. And we've been looking at this concept that letting Jesus be Lord in our lives is the most liberating thing that we can do. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. As we contemplate, as we look at and spend time with God, Man, we begin to, get, begin to be transformed into his image more and more and more. Just like when you're doing a puzzle and, and you got the, the box lid over there and you're looking at it and you're spending time focusing on it so you can see how the puzzles come to pieces come together to accurately reflect what it's supposed to look like. The more time we spend with God, the more we begin to be revealed the image of of him being stamped in us gets to be revealed and exposed. As we were looking through all of the, the, the stuff in the Facebook feed on all of the, the, <clears throat> the mess that's happened on the coast. And Cutie and I were sitting there both on our phones, you know, spending quality time right before we go to bed. And, um, you know, sitting there both. And um, so I'm sitting there seeing this, this one little video of people, somebody just went down a street in Houston and they've begun to rip out all the stuff as the waters have receded. And it's just lined with rubbish. I mean, it looks like a war zone. If they've just ripped off the sheetrock and the ruined furniture and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, Judy, you've got to see this. And she looked, she's watching the same video at almost the exact same place. And she's like, no way. And I'm like, okay. We are really in each other's heads. We are doing the same stuff at the same time. But part of that is that's natural. We spend a lot of time together. We do life together. So it makes sense that pretty soon we begin to have some of the same things and get on the same plane and, and think in the same, in the same direction. That is what Paul is telling us is that when we embrace the spirit of freedom, we embrace the Spirit of God where the Spirit of the Lordship, the Lord, is, then there is freedom. And we begin to step into the fullness of all that God has for us. That it, letting Jesus be Lord really is the most liberating thing we could do. And when we begin to understand that, we see that we are, have come into and are part of a kingdom of love. I love how the contemporary English version reads... When you look at Isaiah chapter 16, verse 5, it says, Then a kingdom of love will be set up. This is part one of Isaiah prophesying about Jesus coming. Remember, we did the, the Shouts and Whispers series. This is one of those whispers that is laid up for us to see what Jesus was going to be doing. It wasn't right now, it was sometime down the road, this kingdom of love will be set up. And someone from David's family will rule with fairness. He will do what is right and quickly bring justice. 
It's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus brought what was right and just. And him dealing with sin and shame and setting things back right. And Jesus in that has established a kingdom of love. If we forget that this is first and foremost being a Christ follower is being a part of a kingdom of love, then all of a sudden everything will go off the rails. We won't be operating properly in the way things are supposed to function. Things will be completely messed up. I tell you what, we got to see some amazing stuff here. And, and this last Thursday, if you were in standing inside this little glassed-in area in the front of our building, we got to see this little push-pull of the kingdom of love and the kingdom of not-so-much-love at work. Because it was amazing how the, <clears throat> the people of San Angelo responded when there was need and pain and suffering and just bringing things and their people's hearts were genuinely moved and it was so amazing. But then all of a sudden this little thing went out on Facebook that somehow all the gas was going to be gone. And all of a sudden the lines started getting long. And people, these same generous people, when all of a sudden the need was landed in their lap and they're about to be without gas um, we're all of a sudden not as patient and not as kind and we are our, our PD actually had to bring people in overtime to control gas pumps because people were getting in fist fights over gas here in San Angelo Texas you got the whole beat down over who's gonna get the next gallon of gas in San Angelo Texas so here's this thing. Sometimes we can sit there and we can, we can feel really good about being compassionate about something that's, that's real far away. But see, the kingdom of God has come near. In fact, it's with us. It's now. And the kingdom of God and the kingdom of love needs to invade to the point that it invades and invades the way we handle things and the way we deal with things, not when they're far away or able to be scheduled or to fit in things, but when all of a sudden it now begins to put us out and put us on the short end of receiving and, and maybe we'll have to go without. See, the kingdom of love wants to come all the way into the places where love now begins to be the way that we operate, not just in extreme places of generosity, but in, in extreme places of patience and kindness and putting up with one another. Sometimes when our, our love can be tested at both ends. How much love can we pour out? And then how much love can we give in a time where we feel like it's being extracted from us? It's one thing when we feel like we're giving love freely. But it's a whole other thing when it feels like someone is... Pulling it out of us. And we need to be able, if we're going to be people in the kingdom of love, we need to be able to deal with both ends of the spectrum. See, God so loved the world that he gave his son. Now let's think about what the world did with the son that he gave. How'd that gift end up? That gift ended up accused and abused. 
beaten, killed, lied about. But it didn't change the fact that God so loved. It didn't change the fact that love was, and the kingdom of love was what he came. In fact, that became God's biggest testimony. It says, this is how we understand God. This is how we know that God loves us. And that while we were still sinners, while we didn't care at all, Christ died for us. It was those examples of love. That's where it gets shown. That's where it shines the most. I love that, I love that love showed up right here in our glass container. But you know what? It also needs to show up. And it shines amazingly when we're able to defer to one another in tough situations. Where we're able to be compassionate with one another when the other person's being a complete and total jerk. That's when love really begins to make a difference. That's when love begins to sing a new note. And there begins to be a little, a little disharmony because the whole world is saying, I gotta take care of me, I gotta take care of me, I gotta take care of me. And then all of a sudden we come up and you know, yeah, I wanna take care of you too. What? I was having to be all selfish because I thought you were going to be selfish. No, I, I care about you. You can have my gas too. That's all right. I can walk. My feet work. I'm good. San Angelo ain't that big. I guarantee getting up an hour early, all of us could make it to work on foot. All of us. We could. It's true. So here this week, and, and folks, folks, we lay out the series well in advance, okay? We were going to be talking about kingdom of love, whether there was a hurricane, a gas shortage or not. But it just so happened Thursday, before we talk about this, we see that there can be, in a crunch time, there can be beautiful examples of generosity but there can also be crazy examples of selfishness. Folks, the only way that part gets rooted out is when we let King Jesus rule. You know when selfishness rules up? It's when we put ourselves on the throne. That's it. We let Jesus be on the throne and love rules. The kingdom of love rules. We put ourselves on the throne and all of a sudden selfishness is the rule of the day. That's the way it goes down. Let's look at Romans 13, 8. It says, let no debt remain outstanding except continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. John 13, 34 says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. See, love answers the question of identity. John continues to write in verse 35, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Being, see, being a part of a kingdom of love, that now becomes our banner. That now becomes how we're known. Being a part of a kingdom of love now, as, as we're his disciples, as we're, as we're his people, that we're not known by the Celebration Church t-shirts we wear. Celebration Church is known from that. But Jesus is known by if the people wearing those t-shirts are loving. And I hope we are. 
That's how the people are going to know that we're his disciples. 1 John 4, 8 says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. See, love is the ground where good grows. Romans 8, 28 says that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Even as there are so many of our brothers and sisters in Christ who may or may not be in a church service on the coast this morning, they may be sorting through their stuff as the floodwaters just backed off last night. And I guarantee they're sitting there and, and saying, God, I believe that you can work all things to, to good according to your purpose. I know, God, that you can work things to good. I give it all, and I'm looking for good. James 1.17 says, For every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Jesus talks in Luke chapter 7. The two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him, so he canceled the debt to both. Now which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. This place of love is where good grows. We pour out love and love grows back. We need to remember as part, being parts of a kingdom of love that, that this is first and foremost how we have to respond. See, God is for our good. So many times we think and we see our messed up, broken world and we're like, man, why doesn't God come in and, and just pull out all the weeds? There's so many weeds in life. There's so many weeds. I'm just tired of the weeds. But you know what? That gets addressed. And we see what God cares about and what God is looking at and what God is wanting to see fostered. Let's look at Matthew 13, verse 24. It says, And Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed uh, weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. So here's this guy's field. He did the right thing. He's got some good stuff growing, and the enemy comes and puts a bunch of mess in the middle of it, and you've got wheat and weeds in this field, okay? Someone coming by could have gone by and said, wow, man, there's a little bit of wheat in that weed field. Or others might go, man, there's some weeds in that wheat field. It's kind of the optimist versus the negative thing. Let's, we don't even have to have that perspective. We just have to see what's the heart of God in this it says the owner's servants came to him and said sir didn't you sow good seed in your field where did the weeds come from where did the weeds come from i thought you had something good working here where did the weeds come from we trusted you on this we thought there was good seed happening in the ground here where did the weeds come from an enemy did this. 
he replied. When the junk of life shows up, remember who's the author of junk. It wasn't all of a sudden that God dropped some pain or tragedy on your doorstep. There is an enemy who's out there who's messing with your field, who's jacking with your life, who's messing with it. And you have to remember that God's got good stuff growing in it. And we look at the weeds, and we, you and I, we want only good. That's because we were built for a place that has only good. The presence of God, that's what we were built for. So having one weed irritates us. Having a whole bunch of weed drives us up the wall. And we can get focused on the weeds. But the enemy did this. He replied, the servants asked him, do you want us to go up and pull all the weeds? We'll pull them. We'll go get them. Tell us, boss, we'll pull all those weeds up. We'll just go get them. We're tired. We want a weedless field. This is driving us up the wall. And you know what? We would think from a religious perspective that if God's just doing a whole bunch of good stuff and then some weeds show up, that maybe that would be God. God's like, you better get the weeds out. That's right. You, as my servants, are to go out and be weed pickers. You be weed pickers? I don't want a single weed. This is a God field. God's got his name on this field, and there's weeds in it. Somebody drives down the highway. Man, God is not very good at growing a field. Look at those weeds. Somebody needs to go out there. There's some weed. I see it. Man, there's some weeds. So they want, they want to pull the weeds. We so want to pull the weeds. Verse 29 says, no, he answered. Because while you're pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. There's good stuff happening out there. There's good stuff. And as you get in the middle and try to meddle with all of it, the good seed that I planted is producing good fruit. And as you try to get in there and yank out all the stuff you think doesn't belong, you're going to end up and pulling some stuff up I said does belong. So let what I've planted grow and quit focusing on the weeds. Quit focusing on the weeds. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I'll tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them up in bundles to be dealt with, to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. There's not going to be any loss of the wheat. The wheat's still going to grow, and it's still going to be there. Quit focusing on the weeds. So guess what? Guess what? When the farmer was out there, the landowner, when he looked out there, you know what he saw? He just saw wheat. It's growing. The stuff I put out there, yes, yeah, some punk came and put these other weeds in there, but guess what? My wheat's growing. It's growing. Just make sure it keeps growing. That's why the word says that God pours out rain on the just and the unjust. That God's love is the order of the day. Not weed picking, not trying to clean everything up, but let the good stuff grow. Because that's what's going to matter in the end anyway. See, love makes an eternal difference and love lasts. As we wrap this up, Hebrews 6.10 says, God is not unjust and he will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. He's not going to forget it. 
He's not going to forget it. See, when we have a heart towards love and a heart towards giving, we're already set there and bent towards doing things God's way, the kingdom love kind of way. And I love, we're about to look real quick at the example of the first non-Jewish person to recognize Jesus as Lord and embrace him as Savior and step over into the kingdom. There's a guy named Cornelius. He's a Roman centurion. It says, Cornelius stared at this angel at this in fear, and he says, what is it, Lord? He asked. He didn't know any better. The angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and to bring back a man named, a man named Simon, who is called Peter. So this angel comes to him, and this, this guy who's been on the outside had already, already been given gifts to the poor, to be caring and generous when his job as a Roman centurion was simply to wield power. That was his job was to wield power in that community, to establish order and to take nothing off of anybody. And this guy's heart of compassion and love had had him in a place where he was praying anyways, giving gifts to the poor anyways, was leaning towards love anyways. And now when the prince of peace, the king of love, shows up, that guy is leaned already. He doesn't have to change 32 zip codes to step into the kingdom of love. This guy was already leaning into love. And when he found out who the prince of peace was, it was an easy step for that guy to recognize who Jesus was and become the first non-Jewish believer Ever. He was leaning into love. He was leaning into love. See, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, folks, we have to remember that we're a part of a kingdom of love. A friend of mine told me this week that his boss, who may or may not really be a believer, but who's a lot like Cornelius and is very generous and kind, they told his boss, he said, you know what, you act more Christian than a lot of Christians I know. And sadly, there are people who lean into love better than some people who are already reborn into it. You know what? And my prayer is that he begins to see that that his heart being leaning towards love already, that he is hardwired for that because he was meant to live in a kingdom of love. That God is a God of, of love. Folks, I want us to understand that if we, when we let Jesus be Lord in our lives, he's leading us deeper and deeper into love on every front as we come back to the truth. That God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him would have eternal life. See, our bottom line today is in Christ, the tyranny of sin is destroyed. The tyranny of sin is destroyed. And the kingdom of love can reign. And I like that sound. Awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. God loves us and can be trusted with our whole lives.
Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.